Paula, are you ready to self-promote? That is what this is every week. (laughs) (laughs) This is no longer a podcast with fun content. It's just a vehicle for us to pitch (laughs) our merchandise and other projects. Welcome to our commercial. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Y'all... First off, we want to say, like, in case you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. Um, in case you've missed it, Josh and I created a full-on card game mm-hmm. <laughs> called No Wrong Answers, Non-Burning Questions to Spark Conversations. Josh, did I get yeah, that right? Kick off conversations. Kick off conversations. Yeah. Either way, it's a deck of 72 conversation cards. They're very silly. They're they very are. fun. They're very fun to play. Um, the response has been overwhelming. Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> Paula and I are oscillating between on the one hand, like, uh, what did we sign ourselves up for? Shit, shit, shit. We have to hand address so many, me- so many boxes. And then on the other hand being like, I'm invincible. I can do any, anything is possible. Yeah, I mean, folks, I have sent Josh so many selfies of me just sobbing. <laughs> and she does that anyway. I do that anyway, but this has been like, I've been so overwhelmed. We've been so grateful. Like, the response for these cards have been unreal, so sweet. It, It's just so cool. It's just so cool to have people believe in something you do. Like, And I, I, I feel invincible. I'm like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Everyone listening to this, just do whatever you want. If you have That's, an idea. Don't, don't do, okay, maybe do that. If you have an idea, just do it. It's, And you will get in way over your head. <laughs> but like do it because i will josh i think we've learned so much about uh creating a product (laughs) sure yes definitely definitely um i'm gonna amend your statement just to say that as long as it's not hurting anyone do it i uh i know because i really love (laughs) i we host a a very earnest podcast Uh lots of goofs lots of earnestness trying to be good people uh, and I love the idea that we have a few diehard serial killer listeners that are like, sure. that are like, yes, I'm creepy. Yes, I'm scary. Yes, I still like earnest content. And and my advice for you is channel that energy into something else. Don't murder people. But it's very funny <laughs> to me that like a few like truly evil people are like, oh, shit, I can't miss this week's episode. They're talking candy. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, is this a subtweet of me about that time when I said I liked chicken on pizza and everyone absolutely dragged me? As they should. Anyway, No Wrong Answers is available. We're extending it a day today. If you are listening to this episode the day that it came out, you can still get the game. We know that some of you are procrastinators. I tend to be a procrastinator. We extended the pre-sale from yesterday to today. You have until end of day today, Ah. Tuesday, November 17th, to get your pre-order in. We are not business people. We do not have a production line. We are only doing pre-orders because we only want to order what is actually being bought. And then like a couple of mementos for ourselves. But yeah, it's really fun. I I also think like if you've been like, oh, I don't really know uh, how these will be different from other conversation cards. The answer is they're radically different. Uh, They're pretty much like... Hopefully, we, Josh and I have gone through these questions 300 times to make sure that there are questions that you like. You have probably not talked about before. Uh, there, I would say the cards are rated PG. Like, there's nothing risque in any of them. I think we must mention kissing once. 
So like yeah. they're they're like great for family. You don't have to worry about like drawing one and then having to ask grandma like what's a butt you like or something like that. But maybe ask her. I do want to know. I, I do, do want to know. know. <laughs> I do want to know. Um. So so yes, I think you're really gonna love them. Yes, they are beautifully designed by Tahar Motawala. Oh my god, um, they're good friend. Gorgeous. They're super gorgeous. We're super excited. Um, if you want a sample of them, you can jump onto our Instagram. We posted a couple of those uh, kind of sneak peeks um, over the last couple of days. And uh, if you haven't ordered yet, I can't believe we haven't said the call to action, but it's no wrong answers game.com. <laughs> Find us on no social wrong media. Answers yes. And it's on our social media. It's everywhere. It's in our links and bios. It's we're talking about it in our sleep. We're yelling it at people on the street, mask mm-hmm. on, but you know, we are. Um, that's called uh, market research, Paula. <laughs> Did I tell you, now maybe this part gets cut, but I have a box of the table topics conversation cards. Sure. And I was like, oh, I'm just curious. Like last night I dug them out. I got them for, I think like my 23rd birthday party when I was like, no one's going to know what to talk about. Literally, I drew one and it was like, <laughs> it was essentially like, do you think God is real? And I was like, holy shit. And then the next one said, what's your favorite color? So we're not doing either of those. Yes. (laughs) But I love a conversation that has both of those topics. Yeah. Do you think God is real? And what color are they? (laughs) Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to talk about the sincere and earnest topics of the day. In addition to, you know, just trying to come to you hat in hand, trying to sell merch. When you say hat in hand, I picture the very specific scene in the movie Chicago where John C. Riley is singing Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have like a very vivid image of like us being on stage to being like, what's our topic this week, Paula? This week, our topic is. Tasteful. Ooh. Ooh. A concept. Ooh. (laughs) Well, let's start with maybe not the direct definition of tasteful, but like something that is full of taste. Let's talk about taste for a minute here. Like actual in-your-mouth taste, not just like taste in the world. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll see if we get to it. So there are five different, what are they, tastes? What are they called? Yeah, taste, right? Taste, taste, taste. not yeah. taste, but uh, I think taste buds are different. There's but... five different parts of your tongue for taste. <laughs> what? Your tongue is divided into sections. Okay. And there's five different of them, right? I don't think so. Yes, each there's section of your tongue. Yes. What? Yes. Oh, I'm teaching you something today. Okay. There's five tastes. The very front part is sweet. Mm-hmm. Then right next to that is sour. Okay. And in the, in like the, the like back, like kind of by your molars is salty. Mm -hmm. Okay. The very back of your tongue is bitter. And then in the middle is umami. Mm. And that's from newwedsfoods.com. So it's real. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But it it is, I've learned that in school, you know. Yeah. It just felt very like, um, phrenology to me. Maybe how like. You know, where like there's, you know, they show the brain. Yes. Yes. Some people's skulls. 
phrenology is like light eugenics for <laughs> listeners at home who haven't heard of it before. It's like the idea that like certain parts of your skull tell you different things about you as a, as a, in your personality. Um, so yeah, so those are the tastes. What do you think mm. of them? <laughs> uh, um, do you like? <laughs> do I like? Well, that is actually a pretty good question is like, which is your favorite of the tastes? Yeah. I don't love bitter. Like, I'm definitely not like a, oh, I guess bitter is different than sour, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to bring this up that I do think it's kind of bullshit that bitter and sour <laughs> are two different things. Bitter is sour light. I guess maybe, but I guess there's a difference between like arugula and a sour patch kid. Yeah, but arugula and the sour patch kid live on the same plane of existence. Mm, you know what I mean? A, I guess maybe. Yes. <laughs> but also then you could argue that sour and sweet are on the same plane of existence because wow. if you go, the more sugar you have, the sweeter something is, the more sour it becomes. Hold on. What? The more sugar you add, the more sour it becomes? Yeah, it becomes, it tips past the point of of being sweet to being sour. So that is actually not how taste works. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, what is it called? A phrenology tongue or something. It's maybe screwed up. <laughs> so you're telling me that if you had a piece of chocolate cake loaded in frosting, loaded in sugar, you would take a bite and go sour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mommy, it's too sour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that like at a certain point, I feel like this is a true thing. We're just Googling today, folks. <laughs> I Perhaps everybody's taste buds work differently. I don't know. Like a Sour Patch Kid is literally covered in sugar and it's sour. Well, a Sour Patch Kid is made to be, that's their whole advertising campaign. First it's sour, then it's sweet. Because it's sour on the outside and then the inside is gelatin. So it's supposed to be. Anyway, I like umami and I like oh salt. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Salty is by far the best one, right? Well, umami is. Yeah. The like umami. inherit. <gasps> That's an amazing drag name. I'm sure someone is. <gasps> Uma Mommy. Folks, I'm back into drag race. I've picked up with Canada drag race. So, so get used to these references again. Yeah, Paula has been keeping a handwritten notebook of to-dos. Um, <laughs> we talked before the podcast about a bunch of kind of podcast business things we needed to do. And uh, she's currently writing down in all caps and underlining, Uma Mommy. <laughs> so folks at home, the best show on television, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, sometimes they have a couple other seasons in other countries, right? So there's like Drag Race is America. And then there's Drag Race Holland, Drag Race UK, and the new Drag Race Canada. I mean, I guess it's not, it's done, but I've just started it. <laughs> okay, so, to you it is new. Well, it started this year. Okay. I watched the first episode, and it is as if they found every stereotype about Canada, and they are not letting these people forget it. They <laughs> walk into the entrance room, and it's a giant maple leaf. <laughs> they say A and a boot as a joke, like, 40 times. Uh, the photo shoot is uh, they have to climb to the top of a like fake mountain and then snow is blasted on them. And then they're, they're like 
box, like they each get a box at the end to like create an outfit. And like, it's just like the regions of Canada. It's just like a Canadian flag, like hockey. A Mountie. Yes. It's, it's so funny. It's as if somebody watched, uh, what's a TV show in Canada, the red green show. And they're like, but now it's drag race. (laughs) Oh, it sounds like it's like someone who's never been to Canada made show ran the show for a show about Canada. I'm so, I'm so in love with it. Because it's like Schitt's Creek is like on the DL in Canada. Sure. You know what I mean? Like they don't really ever say it, but they've got the like weird vowels in the accents. Well, yeah. I mean, Canada's like, like it's Chicago. And like most people don't walk around like being like, let's get a Chicago dog and go see the bean. I mean, I do, but most people don't. (laughs) But it's as if, like, the producers of Drag Race Canada were like, but that one, they do like all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) They're one beat away from just drizzling their bodies in, like, maple syrup. Yeah, sure. Paula, is there another taste that's missing? Like, do we need a sixth taste? Mm. Okay, now, I will say W-T-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Not going to look up what college that is does say that these are the seven tastes. Hmm. Sweet, bitter, sour, salty, umami, cool, and hot. Okay. I have a bone to pick with, okay, we need to know the name of this institution. (laughs) The university is West Texas A&M. It's like a real place, a great school. Hot and cool are temperatures. (laughs) I'm not going to be like, ooh. Oh. The thing I love most about this soup is that it is hot. Okay. Note that cool and hot taste. This is from the doctor. Cool and hot taste do not refer to actual lower high temperatures being present, but rather to foods that chemically trigger a sensation that is similar to cool or hot sensations. No further. Oh, okay. Cool is like mint or menthol. Yeah. Hot and is hot is chili like spicy. peppers and black yeah. peppers. Does that change things? I I don't think I would allow cool. I might allow spicy, but like like mint is like that feels like it's probably like closer to bitter, right? No. <laughs> not at all. Why? A really strong, really strong. Think of not um not one of the good mints that you want to eat. Think of like a crappy Altoid that like your aunt hands you at a Christmas concert. That's not sweet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like this, how do you describe the the toothpaste? You know what I mean? Like mint. what would be the mint, right? Maybe mint is the last flavor. What if what if instead your tongue is done into a grid and it's just hundreds of flavors on there? <laughs> like a little piano keyboard and every time yeah. you press one of the keys, it's a different flavor? And then what about like rotten? Like rotten should be one. <laughs> that's a survival uh <laughs> like evolutionary trait bad <laughs> Ooh, <Icky. I'm> <laughs> doo-doo <laughs> yeah what about like that what if you eat something that's like not meant for human consumption like cleaning detergent like paula did you paula did you drink laundry detergent hey look i'm a few years late but i'm on the tide pod challenge <laughs> I needed a cleanse. <laughs> so there's that really famous Ira Glass quote about... Called, Welcome to This American Life. Yeah. I'm Ira Glass. What, what, what if I told you? 
picture this. Then <laughs> yeah. we do hourglass impressions for the next hour. And they were flawless. Uh, they were flawless. Yes. I think we did do that in an early episode. Anyway, he's got this quote about how, which is actually very good about imposter syndrome. And I'm not going to look it up. I am going to paraphrase it. It's basically like the thing that matters when you don't have the experience to create whatever idea, product, um, art that you want to create is that like the thing that matters most is that you have taste. Right. Um, because your taste level is always needs to stay high as your abilities increase. You can get to that taste level, but right. the, the importance is that you have the, the, the taste level there. So what I'd love to talk about Paula is that sometimes both of us as comedians, do work in the real world, many times improv, that is not good. Oh, that is terrible. Really terrible. And sometimes our friends are there and they have to tell us things. Or coworkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have to, you know, tell us that they liked it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I And there is, in case people are listening who have not experience the sensation of bombing on stage in front of people you vaguely know, not even people that love you enough to know that you're capable of better, but people watching that going, that is the maximum of their ability. Uh, it's the worst feeling because you don't, you don't bomb a show and think it went great. You know, no. like, like you, as it's happening, it, it is happening in slow motion and you are on stage talking and you know that it is bad. Yeah, I would argue that I don't know whether it's worse for you or, I mean, us, the comedians on stage, knowing it's bombing and having in the back of my head being like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Or the people watching who are I, there and are like, they were really, like, adamant about me coming to this. Yeah. And I don't usually come to these because they're usually not good. And they said this one would be different. <laughs> but it's not. And I have to sit here through this and... That's not a good impression of like, why is anyone doing a carrot top impression in the year 2020? <laughs> well, I think um, if I may give some earnest advice, I think it feels so much worse to be bombing because you are thinking about it a lot. Like when you experience something that I don't even want to say it's failure, but when you experience something that is not to the level that you wish it was at, you are thinking about it for days after. I mean, sure. I can think back to shows I have bombed and I still feel like, the embarrassment and shame. However, I have been to hundreds of shows, thousands of shows, and there's always someone that bombs on every show. And I do not think about it twice. Not even for a second. I, I think, oh, rough night. And I do not keep thinking about it. And that's the way I think most people are. Sure. But when we do something and we feel like it is not the, to the level we want, we think, Everyone's obsessed with it now. Everyone's making fun of us. Everyone's mad. And that is so not true. Yeah. I mean, I think there is something to the like, no one cares about you as much as you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Which is like, kind no, of freeing. It's kind of freeing. Totally. Um, I would argue uh, that my anxiety goes into a level of like, I don't care if you, Paula, another comedian, see me bomb. It's when someone who is not a comedian and does not know that the amount of times that you, that it's a numbers game yeah. comes that I'm like, Oh no, this they're going to make fun of me for the rest of forever about this. I, I think that is your anxiety because 
I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think people that are in the business of comedy understand. And I think people that are not, and I think this is like, we're talking about comedy because that's what we know, but I think it's like anything. I think that if you're not someone who has expertise in it, you might just go, huh, okay. But you don't know, like it's, it's intimidating enough to think of someone putting themselves out there that I don't think you think about it twice. I really don't. And I mean, people are so happy to like have a night out. <laughs> sure, especially in these unprecedented times. Do not be doing shows or going to shows in these unprecedented. Yeah, don't go to times. shows right now. But um, you know, it's like it's like oh, it seems very flashy, even if it's just like a crappy bar show or something. It like feels like wow, they're on a show. Cool. You know. What are the best things that people have said when it was clear that it didn't go well, or the best things that you've said to others? Uh, what if when they bumped? Uh, the one that I hate the most, I would rather have you not say anything or be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I think that's the right thing to say. Go, oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, I'll talk to you later. The worst thing anyone has ever said to me is, uh, oh, it looked like you were having a good time up there. Oh, You're like kill me. <laughs> I'll also tell you what, I don't like lying. I really try not to lie as a person. Tell them they did a good job. Tell them they did a good job. No one cares. Do not be like, I'm not going to lie to them. No, be like, that was so much fun. You were great. I have to go. It's not going to kill you. It's going to make that person feel astronomically better because they came to you knowing they did a bad job. Yeah, and I think your first reaction to it is the correct one because you're not lying and it's tr it's true and you're not talking about the thing that they're probably feeling super self-conscious about. Like, thank you for having me or thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Is a very different thing than like, you were great up there, which feels disingenuous. Lie. I don't care. Lie to me. Lie to me. This is a time. It's like, it's, it is the equivalent of someone being like, when they're already out being like, does this dress look okay? You tell them yes. They're yeah, already there's out. Nothing you can do there's about it. Nothing you can do. I just am a big believer in like, no one is going to be like, I thought I did bad, but my coworker said great job. So I'm quitting. And I'm taking it to Carnegie Hall. Like, just tell them they tell them that it was great. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Don't be a dick about this. You don't have to like stick to your moral high ground. Oh my God, Josh. That was a whirlwind. Y'all, it's gonna sound seamless in your beautiful little ears, but we just had an internet freak out. Did not even realize if you've been on a Zoom call, if you're familiar with the platform of Zoom, you understand the sensation. I I truly, I don't want to brag. I think I said the best stuff I've ever said on air, privately, anywhere. Little did I know I was just talking into a dead microphone because my internet had shut off. Yeah, on my end, earlier. Paula was really, really going off. <laughs> going um, off. Like truly, I saw uh, because it froze in various points, like her hands were all <laughs> over the place. But, you know, here we are now and we don't remember what we were talking about. And so we're just going to move to the next topic. It just sucks because like I, I only vaguely remember, you know, that kind of like blacking out that you do in, in times of crisis. But I'm 99% sure like what I was talking about was this amazing plan for world peace. Mm -hmm. I think I had it figured out.
Yeah, and then like I if you don't catch the, the details. Yeah, if you don't catch the lightning in a bottle right when it happens, it's just sand. I just was there something about ice cream? I don't remember. We'll never know. The second we stop recording, everything we talked about goes out of my head. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> so what's something in your life that maybe conventional taste would call tacky? that you just absolutely love all of it all of it my (laughs) taste is absolutely so conventionally tacky that i don't think there's a single thing that like a fancy person would like in my entire life like i would only wear pink neon and sparkle and leopard and like tassels and fringe i want to dress like okay i want to dress like dolly parton and that feels tacky but in a good way the problem here is that, like, I can't agree because it's a trap. Um, <laughs> I've got you now. Yeah. They can be like, yes, Paula, everything you own and wear is tacky. <laughs> I can't say that. I mean, How- right now I'm wearing two forms of leopard print. Mm. I'm like your fun aunt. <laughs> like, I just have, like, a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, a, you're, you're the whole jungle. <laughs> tacky is in the eye of the beholder. And there's a certain point also where like tacky truly becomes like avant-garde and and tasteful and really like high fashion. Yes, there is such a thin line or something goes from high fashion to tacky, mm-hmm. you know, and I I mean, I love tacky. I think who cares what people think? The thing that comes to mind is like um, a, go- a room with a lot of like gold accents, you know, mm. it's like you're really walking the line behind like. Like, very fancy and, like, Saddam Hussein's palace. Yes, that's what I was going to say, is that, like, you know the, like, terrible gun people who came out on their lawn a few months ago? And then there were pictures of their home afterwards, and it just looked like a supervillain's lair. Yeah, the entire thing looked like like if it was a stereotype of what, like, a rich (laughs) megalomaniac would have in their home. Just like furs and and tapestries and these like medieval tables and things like that. And like, I'm sure they paid a ton of money for all of these individual pieces. And the I would hope that, you know, even though they seem to be terrible people, that it brings them joy. But at the same time, like, it's just so rich that it it's it's like a satire of itself. Yeah. I mean, I'm picturing when you're talking about this, I'm picturing Mr. Burns' house. Yeah, sense like, like almost like cartoony rich. Yeah, it's like I couldn't write a joke that good. Like, what's yeah. actually the reality is funnier. Like the fact that like they probably in their basement have a laser that would chop James Bond in half, but go up from the feet to the crotch so that he had time to get out while they're giving their evil speech. And yeah, exactly. And they always have to give the speech. They never time that well. No, never. I don't- I guess that's like a thing like uh, like super villains really walk that line between tacky and tasteful. That's a really strong point, Paula. Maybe one of the best you've made on this <laughs> on this podcast because it's like purposely gauche. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's ostentatious to a way that's like, like, why would you like you don't have to you could just kill the superhero you know what i mean there's like there's guns and lasers but you like you have to do it in the most like i don't know like performative way like it doesn't have to be sharks you could just poison them yeah and the 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 lair is always just 
just so decorated in just like absurd chairs and strange paintings. There's always like a weird pet that again walks a line between tacky and tasteful. Like yeah, like a peacock. Like a peacock and like a snow leopard. And you're like, yeah. are they are they rich or is that like really gross? I don't know. Yeah, it, this is an endangered animal that you <laughs> brought into your home without a permit. <laughs> just one. Just, just one snow leopard. No one else is doing anything with them. <laughs> Someone's got to protect them. Paula, I am always impressed by your you. fashion sense. <laughs> like you have, there's this one handbag that you have and listeners, I know this is an audio medium, so I'm going to describe it. Um, it looks like it's like bejeweled almost. So it looks like it's small. Oh, it's behind me somewhere. And it's small and it almost looks like, yes, that one on the wall. Um, it almost looks like it's like a quilted pattern almost, but it looks like it's almost like made out of Legos or even like Smarties, you know, like the, the, People, people out there who understand, uh, it's, he's talking, it's a Susan Alexandra bag. I got a Susan Alexandra bag at like, let me, let me say high discount, high discount. I'm not a, I'm not a fancy high roller. Uh, so that is what he's talking about. So if you're a girl on Instagram, you know exactly what he's talking about right now. On the one hand, looks like it was made out of Legos. And on the other hand is like. Clearly a very expensive bag that is a statement on piece. On clearance, though. On clearance. <laughs> I'm not out here fancy. Well, first off, I will say that handbag is one of my favorite purchases of all time. I don't buy anything that's like designer or fancy. I don't have fancy taste. Something about that purse brings me so much joy because it just attracts other people who I would like. Like it's back in like regular times. It's like I would end up having full-on conversations with people I was like, you rule. I love you because we all like the same one weird piece. You or basically like, found like a market insight where yes. it's like the the thing that ties together these different interests that make you you is the phys- this bag is the physical manifestation of That's it. That's the one. I mean, I've had full on conversations with little kids on the train back in the good days, you know. Um, do you know what is like, you know, what is kind of um, I don't know if my brain's making sense. So maybe this all has to be cut. But I'm thinking about. Uh, like knockoff purses and like knockoff designer things. Oh yeah. Like, like where it's like Gucci, but it's spelled quite like a little bit different. Yes. And it's the perfect line between like a very classy. And then like, you also bought it in an alleyway on yeah. top of a tarp and good for you. Do not spend real money on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a fact that's going to blow your mind? Please. It's going to blow your mind. Okay. So, you know, like uh, Louis Vuitton. Yep. You know, they have like those monogrammed uh, tote bags and stuff like that. Yep. Do you know how much those run for? Thousands. $1,300-ish. Did you know? They are not real leather. It's called monogrammed canvas. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. It's like how uh, Beats by Dre cost about four dollars to make yes it's so expensive <laughs> yeah, it's so expensive well it's the status symbol of the whole thing right yeah and like is it tacky ultimately to have like a bunch of initials all over your bag at a certain uh, but, point but this tattoo i got is cool right yeah your sleeve of louis vuitton <laughs> <laughs> because you thought they'd give you a discount it's just a bunch of lvs all over your all of <laughs> every, every appendage work. is a different brand in also, hopes of sponsorship the- 
Also, the logos are slightly wrong. <laughs> yeah. My mom at one of her previous jobs for their Christmas party, rather than doing like a white elephant or a secret Santa or any of those kinds of things, every year they had an intense competition called the tacky gift exchange. Ooh. So you'd have to find a tacky gift for under, uh, like under $20 or something like that. Okay. And then, so you get to keep the gift of whoever gives it to you, but it, the real prize was whoever's gift was the best tacky gift would get like a gift card or something like that. And the oh, honor of it. Good idea. Yeah. Cause then you don't have to worry about like getting something for someone that they would actually use. Yes. It's just like, it's about your own personal ingenuity. Yes. And there's nothing more uncomfortable then, uh, have you ever done that thing like at office holiday parties where you're sitting around in a circle and it's the like, what is it, Yankee swap where you like can steal gifts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you bring something and you can tell everyone hates it. Yeah, well, like the worst. everyone is like, who wants, does anybody want this? I actually have no use for this butter dish or whatever it is. And you're like, I thought that was going to be the king of the party my grandma made that butter dish yeah you're like this sucks actually <laughs> so much <laughs> also i we did a secret santa last year or like holiday helper or whatever um last year at my company and i have never done one of these where you have to guess who gave it to you oh yeah and so like i, I wrote it. in the card like like a personal card where it was like clear who it was from. And so like, I guess I took away someone's joy, but also I gave them a really good gift. <laughs> so my mom did win this tacky gift exchange one year. <gasps> what did she do? So she found, she bought it in like February because we were visiting my grandparents in Sarasota, Florida. Oh, and okay. so we went to like Siesta Key, which is one of the beaches, like one of the islands with beaches. Um, and in one of those like beachfront stores, she found a cigarette like ashtray that was um like a like a carved wooden toilet that had siesta key on it, and you had to lift the lid to yes. to put the ashes into the bowl of the ashtray toilet. Yeah. So actually, if she knows the person who got that and they want to sell it, I am going to need you to connect me with them. Sure. Sure. Uh, Mom, if you want to text Paula after this, you can. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll touch base. out. We'll touch base. I don't smoke or use toilets, but I want both. <laughs> Josh, you know, what's like the thing, the thing about taste. Hey, hey, it's me, Jerry Seinfeld. The thing about taste is. It's a uh, <laughs> okay, but the what's thing, the deal with taste? What's the deal with taste? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, but you can't if you can't put it in your mouth. How's it supposed to be taste? <laughs> um, I learned a hack this week because you know I watch Seinfeld every day before I go to sleep. Like it's my falling asleep show. Mm -hmm. It's six 10 second forward skips to get past the stand up at the front. It's one minute exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying through. I've <laughs> seen it all. Um, okay. Do you know what's so weird about taste is it evolves. Something that is tasteful is not going to be tasteful in the future. Something that's tasteful now will eventually be tacky. But also, like, what when you were 21, you're like, this is the height of elegance. And then now you're like, I'm mortified. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, 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 sure. I feel like it was, and I know we've talked about this recently, but, like, getting champagne no matter what like yeah, quality of champagne 
Last episode was Bubbles, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> like Josh said, once once we say something into the mic, it is gone. But like truly, just getting Andre, yeah, and like being like, no, I got champagne for this occasion. Oh, it's yeah. an occasion now. Or even like, um, or even like being twenty one, twenty two, and you would go to like a bar, and you'd be like, this is the swankiest place in the entire world like this is so fancy so elegant everything's dark red there's curtains (laughs) people have to be mean to us for us to come in like this is elegant and now i'm like i would sooner die than stand in line for 10 seconds to get into a bar pre pre pre-covid i'm not going to bars (laughs) (laughs) i i feel the same way also um being able to order a drink that wasn't a beer at a bar yeah. Being like, I'll have a gin and tonic. And people yeah. being like, gin? Oh, You're drinking gin? Is that any okay. good? Okay. Yeah. Is that any good? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> do you know what? Uh, do you know what immediately comes to mind for like this is I remember in this in the city, you know, I grew up in, in Minnesota. I'm from like a very rural town. But in the city, there was this nightclub club called Hydrate. Mm. and hydrate would have under 18 nights sometimes uh-huh. and like the kind of like cool bad girls would go and they invited me once and i was like oh, i have to go my parents were like absolutely not <laughs> like you're not going to a nightclub on a thursday for like under 18 kids and i just had it in my head that like that was the fanciest place that mm-hmm. anyone would ever go to and i'm sure in reality it was the most disgusting thing on earth I think in talking about this, it's occurred to me how nuts it was to not even be underage night. The club in Rochester was for 13 to 18 year olds. That's chaos waiting to happen. Yes, yeah, a lot of hormones in one. Don't let 13 year olds in a room with 18 year olds. Yeah, that's really gross. Have one age. Yeah. Ooh. I know. Ooh, I really don't like that. I know. What a bad business model. Well, it seems like they made a lot of money. They made a lot of money. So what things that we think are super tasteful right now are going to be really tacky by the time, you know, in eight to 10 years? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, My argument is it's uh, sweatsuits. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially like a, a muted tone sweatsuit. Yeah, when you're in like a grout fit you know, like a great outfit and it's just like, especially like all the like Instagram, like I have a matching like warm up outfit that feels very eighties. I feel like everyone, like the generation below us is going to be like, no, we wear jeans only. Yeah. Like nothing's like We wear slacks. (laughs) Yeah. I have a nice pair of chinos. (laughs) Get in line. I tuck in my shirt. (laughs) I also think that like the amount of reclaimed wood, everyone's going to be like, nope, metals. Yeah. (laughs) We're very into metal and windows now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's hard because it's like, what is classy now? You know what I mean? Mm. Well, open concepts. Open concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think I was going to just say, I was almost just going to say music, but that's. Thing, I music guess. is kind of always in. Um, I think the I think the thing that's interesting is we are at a point right now where the 
not to like bring up the pandemic, but we're in a moment where we're being forced. (laughs) The environmental factors are forcing us to rethink what is acceptable in a lot of, and what's, what's good and what's comfortable in a lot of different ways. So like, just think about what you would wear to work before versus what you wear to work. If you're working from home (laughs) now, you know what I mean? Like I just got, I literally bought $150 worth of, joggers and like non pants pants because like i don't want to put on real pants in my home these are work appropriate enough where are you getting these joggers from adidas is having a great black friday sale i don't know if they're a terrible company five dollars a pair (laughs) wait can i tell you something about a sweatsuit yeah please (laughs) so online you may have seen like people are bleach dyeing stuff and it looks very cool Okay. Tie dye with bleach. So there's like kind of like bleached. Tie- it looks really cool. Okay. It, it, you've seen it. You've seen, they sell it. It's like a very hot print right now. Okay. And a DIY. I was like, this is easy. I'll do this. I know friends who have done it. They're like, this is easy. I've tie dyed. I cannot stress enough how shitty it turned out. <laughs> like I got, I got uh, just like a plain black sweatshirt and then black sweatpants and a neon yellow sweatshirt. It's like, these are going to look really cool. The sweatshirt, I the black sweatshirt, I tied up. I did all the little stuff, blah, blah, blah. It was ready to go. Put it in. Take it out. It's just orange now. It's just okay. fully orange. Like sure. There's nothing. Um, I had the pants and the green sweatshirt in the bleach. Bleach. For 45 minutes, they're exactly the same color. <laughs> if anything, they look better. Like kind of more crisp, like a little darker. Sure, 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 sure. Like a real, the true tone that they should have been from the start. Yes. And I cannot figure it out. And like, David is a chemistry teacher. And we're like, why is this not working? <laughs> But, like, you're going to take, like, three steps, and once it hits, like, outside air, it'll completely, like, combust <laughs> into a different thing. It it just feels like something went wrong in the Matrix. Like, it feels like we're Sims and, like, somebody stopped playing. Like, it's bleach on fabric for 45 minutes. Like, why is there not a reaction? Well, listeners, if you have any insight on this, you can just uh, reach out to us on social. We're at Being Earnest Pod. Um, you can check in this whole, uh, print feels very like, I don't know if it's something that Britney Spears wore in the early two thousands or late nineties, but it feels like that. Um, you know, Josh, what you don't know could fill a book. That's fair. (laughs) Just one though. (laughs) See, it looks so cool for other people. That was a weird compliment, Paula. (laughs) because you were like well you don't know could fill a book but only one which means you know a lot (laughs) that's my favorite thing about saying that to people i think that's gonna do it for us gonna do it for us thank you for tuning in for another week we really appreciate it uh before we get to our earnest moments of the week just a quick reminder that we have extended the pre-sale for no wrong answers through the end of today so if you were listening to it today Tuesday, November 17th. Uh, you can still order if you haven't already. Um, after that, uh, it's gone for the foreseeable future. Sorry. It's time for our signature segment. Earnest moment of the week. Imatwa. We have an Imatwa from our listener, Steph, who is so Hi, good Steph. at sending us Imatwas. She is so good at sending us Imatwas. Steph says... 
I was sitting in the park, and there were only a few other people around, quite far from me. I was reading my book, and I hear a kid's voice call from a distance, little girl. A few seconds later, the call comes again, louder, little girl. I look up, and there's this three-year-old boy about 20 yards away climbing a tree with his dad. And as I look up, I see he's looking right at me, and this time he full-on yells, little girl. So I wave at him, and he excitedly waves back, and then he goes back to what he was doing. That's so fun. I Little like, girl. <laughs> I like the idea that the only person who can get away with yelling little girl is <laughs> a little boy, like another little child. It's yes. that idea of like dog that I personally believe that all dogs think that everyone else is a dog too. Yes. There's a bigger dog that feeds them. Yeah. And so the idea of like little kids being like, that's also a little kid. I'm called the little kid. That's another little kid. And my dad's a little kid and my mom's a little kid. Yeah. And like grandparents are adults. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's it. That's very cute. Oh, I love that one. That reminds me, I was talking to my friend from college yesterday and she got an animal intuitive to talk to her dogs. Isn't that wild? What? What? Yes. So she, you, you send her a picture of your dogs and their names. And then you have a meeting with her and she's like, I communicated with them. This is like what they're thinking. And she was telling me about it. And at first I was like, this is wacko. And then as she was talking about it, I was like, there were things that she knew that there's no way she could have known. Like she was like, do you have something like a, like lavender in the house all the time? And she was like, yeah, I, I have it like on all the time. She's like, the dogs like it. And it's like, how could she know that? But what is really adorable and really earnest is she just kept saying one of the dogs kept telling her that he had a job and it's like a little, they're like little dogs. And she's like, he kept telling her that he had a job and she kept being like, what? And he kept being like, yeah, I help the manager. I'm the assistant manager. And she was like, what? And it turns out my friend brings this dog to work and they jokingly call him assistant to the manager. Isn't that crazy? Sure. Isn't that really cute though? It like, is really it true, is really cute. I, really, I'm a little bit terrified that people have found a market for like the equivalent of like tarot readings for animals. That's fine. Let people have their fun, Josh. <laughs> but isn't that pretty crazy? Like, how could she know that? But I really love the idea that this dog is going through life being like, Well, I'd love to hang, but I'm needed at work. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, the old ball and chain. Well, You're calling me back. Calls again. Au revoir. <laughs> if you want to find out more about us or you want to connect or if you have an earnest moment of the week, you can send that to at being earnest pod. Uh, that we're that on social media everywhere or being earnest pod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Ryan Cruz for our beautiful logo. You can find her on Instagram at at rb cruiser and also thank you to dylan dutch for our incredible theme song you can find him online at at dylan dutch and also check out his uh his music act called death love you will love them they have a new song out he has a new song out he has death love (laughs) and until next week just remember if you go to a show and they did a bad job and everyone knows they did a bad job just lie just, Just lie. lie. Just don't tell be... them it was good. Billy, don't be a hero. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Why not be good?